Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 99 of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and I am only here with one of my co-hosts today because the other one, Mr. Shockey, is enjoying his fourth wedding anniversary with the old lady. So Anthony Chandra is with me here. Anthony. Man, we are getting close to 100. So, I mean, you get jumped in at the right time to get like that centennial episode under your belt. That was really the only reason I joined. Is <laughs> I was excited for the centennial celebration. I wanted to be part of it. I'm just saying, I mean, that's perfect timing for you. you. Know, get that 100 in there, and then you can put it on your resume. You know, 100 podcast episodes, but nobody will ever fact check it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's early May, and we have. Oh, I'm early May. Where am I? It's actually late May. Uh, and we have a lot, I guess a lot for late May to talk about, right? I mean, we got Skinner news. We got some other things happening in the league, maybe some minor things. Uh, the combine crept up on us pretty quickly here that went on, goes on all week. Uh, the training, I don't know the training, what the hell you want to call it? The exercise activities, I guess you could say, <laughs> happened this weekend in Buffalo. The physical portion. The physical portion, yes, that's better. It's going to happen this weekend in Buffalo, so I'll be there to talk with some prospects and see what else I can dig up. But uh, for late May, I mean, this is, uh, this, is, this is a lot of meat. Usually we're here doing like bagel drafts or something around this time. So this, oh, is, this is a lot of good meat here in late May. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the combine is always kind of neat. Because I feel like Buffalo kind of became like the, the Indianapolis equivalent of, of what the NFL has, where it's, you know, Combine City. And uh, I think it was uh, earlier this week, news broke that uh, the NHL is, you know, into the idea of keeping it here, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I think something that maybe wasn't as much of a, uh, of a you know, conversation topic locally uh, over the last few years has become much more prevalent, much more exciting. And a lot of the uh, local guys, it's a lot more information, which is cool because it's held, you know, right in our backyard. Yeah. I mean, you know, from everybody I've talked to when they come in, you know, reporters I've talked to that I know, and even some players, um, and just even stuff you hear too from other, you know, reports that media people do is it the NHL general managers, the league, uh, and even the players kind of like it. 
Um, the hotel, you know, I mean, everyone knows who lives in Buffalo knows how Harbor Center works. The hotel attached right to the rink. Um, you know, right across the street is the Sabres arena. You even have to go out of the building, walk right across. And that's where most of the uh, interviews are held um, in the Sabres building in their offices. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good setup. Everything kind of happens in one centralized location, you know, and, it, and it's easy. You know, it's it's not in a big city like Toronto, you know, so it's, right. it's easier. It's cheaper. Um you know, and, and it's gone well. And this, you know, the Sabres, Pagulas, they, you know, a lot of things they mess up, they actually do this pretty well. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all to hear that it, it's it's going to stick around. I think that's, that was probably expected. And, you know, that, that's a good thing for Buffalo. That, that's pretty cool to have that stay here. I mean, and, you know, it's, if nothing else, it, it gets prospects in the door here to see kind of, I mean, we all know what the, not rumors, but like the, talk about buffalo is you know that it snows 11 out of the 12 months of the year and all that so right prospects in here to kind of see it's not like that and kind of get an idea for the city and even other agents and gms too to kind of get that feel get the talk around the league you know that that's that's good that that, that definitely helps them in some way yeah i mean yeah, having it locally I don't, I don't think you could find a real disadvantage for the sabers you know as as an organization to have it here so so yeah pretty awesome so we should start i think uh, before we get into some draft stuff here, so I don't think we'll go too long, but I, I think the most important and prominent thing before we get into any combine stuff is the Jeff Skinner news. Yes. So uh, depending where you're listening to this podcast, last night or two nights ago, uh, Bob McKenzie did his update on NBC Sports uh, saying that the two sides are working towards a deal, that there's optimism. I think his exact words was it's very close, but it's not done yet. And he said it would be in the range of eight and a half million to nine and a half million uh, on an eight-year deal. Uh, I followed it up this morning. If you didn't see my tweet, um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the, the two sides are actually very close. Um, actually, I'm hearing even closer than I thought they were this morning. So I said 24 to 48 hours. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something tomorrow or today listening to this on Friday that maybe not officially from the Sabres, but it starts to get around that deal is done. Uh, seems like it's going to come in right around $9 million as a cap hit. Uh, like as McKenzie said, over those eight years. So good news. That's going to get done. Uh, one thing crossed off the off season checklist, you could say, but uh, the big conversation, at least as of late, uh, the last 24 hours, 18 to 24 hours here on Sabres Twitter and between Sabres fans has been that $9 million cap hit. So I guess we'll start there. What, what's your feel um, about a cap hit for him around $9 million? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I want to address is the source because the obvious best source was that really low res video of some guy leaning on a light pole. <laughs> some dude drives by. He's like, I promise this was Botterill. And he's like, Hey, Jason, when are you going to sign Jeff Skinner? And he said, We'll get it done. And it could have been literally anyone. And I mean, he's I'll, like, give, I'll give the credit of the video. It did sound like Botterill. It, did it sound like him? It did sound like him. All right. He has like that kind of, you know, it's, it's like the Botterill voice. Like he has some, I don't know what it is. But he has some kind of accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was definitely... Did you hear the sound on it or no? I did not hear the sound on it because I was okay. watching it with a sleeping baby next to me. Okay. But I, I just, recommend go back and listen to the sound. Right. Like, and then I want you to text message me about it and be like, you know what? You're right. That It does... <laughs> can't see if it's him, but it certainly... I'll say this sounds like... <laughs> I like how Chad just scripted me agreeing with him. I want you to text me back <laughs> and say these words. <laughs> or I'll fire you. It's pretty um, much. I mean, you're going to tell me you agree or we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let, let's talk about the dollars. Um, I think all 
I wanted to say summer. That's hilarious because it feels like it's finally warm out. Um, I think <laughs> since the season <laughs> the season ended, uh, I've, I've been kind of using eight point five as my you know kind of uh, self imposed like max. You know what I mean? I don't want to see it get above that. At the end of the day, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about another half million dollars. Uh, if, if it's nine million to get it done, get it done. You're not replacing him. You're not replacing that production without giving up assets because you're certainly not doing it on the free agent market. You, you know, shameless plug for you. You wrote a, a really in-depth article about you know Jordan Everly as a possible like Plan B. But uh, again, you know, you're you're spending money there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the way, I wouldn't I, say everybody's a plan B. I would attach Everly to. Oh, fair. Well, fair enough. Well, okay. we'll talk, but we can go back to that down the road here. But we'll. All right. Well, at worst, a plan B. Let's right. Say. That, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it gets done for nine, I'm not gonna be upset. I, the only thing that that's gonna be, I guess, mildly disappointing is the fact that we and you and I talked about this earlier today. Uh. It, it just kind of seems like Botterill gambled and lost. I, I think he was holding off on everything because, you know, Skinner exploded right at the beginning of the year and he didn't want to sign him while he was hot because in the anticipation that he would level off at some point. Right. And yeah, he went through a little bit of a gold drought there, you know, toward the end. But in, in terms of, you know, his overall production, he really didn't level off. Uh, so he kind of gambled and lost, put himself in a position where now he has to pay him a lot of money. He didn't enter, entertain any kind of you know trade at the deadline because uh, it was reported that Skinner was never even asked to waive you know about the potential of waiving his NTC. I don't think he so, would have anyways, but you're right. Uh, fair enough, but but to, you know it, it's clear that they had no intention of doing that, right? Right. So, right. Yep. So I mean, he he put himself in a position where Jeff Skinner holds all the power, and guys who score forty goals and hold all the negotiating power can ask for nine million dollars. So get it done get it out of the way, move on and fill the other myriad of other holes you have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's, it's an interesting, interesting negotiation because I think from the very beginning, Skinner's side all along uh, my understanding, and even if some of the stuff you saw from reporters is that in order to stay in Buffalo, they wanted in the neighborhood of $9 million to do so. Uh, right. And now it looks like he's going to end up eventually getting his $9 million. So it's hard to say that bottle will gamble if the ass was $9 million the whole time. That's fair. Um, it's not like the price went up or anything. It's just, he right. never, I guess he never got them to budge. Um, maybe he tried to, he, I guess you could say in a way went to the end of the line, I guess you could say went to the, to the end as far as you could to see if he can give him to budge. And I, I think he got Skinner side to budge a little bit. You know, my, my understanding of the situation was Skinner side was asking a little bit up above nine, uh, hmm. at like 9.3. And then they got him to come down. The Sabres didn't want to go the eight years. Uh, I think they were around an area of six. Uh, mm. But, you know, they settled at eight times in the area of nine. I, I'm not, I, I don't have confirmation that it is nine. Only thing I have is it's in the area of nine. So it could be mm-hmm. a little under nine maybe, or it could be. Right. I think it'll be nine exactly because how often do we get an 8.79 million? I mean, it's, a, it's a round number usually, right? <laughs> so I mean, that's specific. Right, right. It's usually a round number. So I think it'll end up around nine. So it's. The one thing I'll say to the effect of that was his price the whole time. Like, okay, fair enough. But if his play did end up leveling off, like perhaps Botterill anticipated, you know what I mean? There, there's no way, you know what I mean? He's getting nine on the open market. So, I, and, 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 you know, maybe Skinner's camp was like, well, we're not going to negotiate because we're confident. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not totally crapping on Botterill here, you know, saying that he, he goofed this whole thing up, but it, right. just how the situation landed, Skinner's got the power. I mean, I think it would have been worse if he would have... <laughs> 
I mean, what's worse? He signs up for nine or Skinner walks July 1st, right? I mean, oh, God. Yeah. No, absolutely. Him walking would be the worst, a, a worst case scenario than spending $9 million. On right. Him. I mean, even, even if the contract takes him till what, he's 35 years old, I think. Yeah. Okay. I mean, wh- whatever. Just, just eat it. Get fine. You know, establish yourself to hit your window. You know what I'm saying? It, it's right. just hit your window. I mean, when keep your good when Skinner's 33, 34, 35, Bottle could not even be here anymore. So really, that's right. It, that's the thing I kind of don't get with GMs. Like, like when you're quabbling over six and eight, years, <laughs> why? Because it's very likely you're not even going to be here then anyway. So who cares? Right. You're the guy right. who wants and get your guy now. But that's the thing, right? Like, deal with that when you get to it. If you get to eight years, like Mazeltov, like that's amazing. Like, <laughs> right. don't worry about you, Jeff Skinner. It means contract. you won a lot. Like, that, that's yeah. probably a good thing, right? Yeah, don't worry about Jeff Skinner's contract in 2027. Like, yeah. I get that the fans would quabble over because we're signed to a lifetime contract. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as a GM, like, let, let that term fly, man. Like, de- yeah. deal with it after, you, you know, we won a cup. Because yeah. worst case scenario, you get fired for it, you know, at the end of the road, and you get a job somewhere else because you were successful for X amount of years Yeah. Um, before that albatross became an albatross. So, um, yeah, no, for, for sure. So, $9 million, whatever, do it, get it done. Please, let's stop talking about it. Yeah, for sure. And it really it allows them to focus on different things. And then it gets to uh, the wrist line and trade. It gets to some other things that might be want to get done this summer. So that's yeah. it's a good thing about getting it out of the way in the beginning of June because then they can kind of shift their focus. That's things they need to do to build around Skinner and Eichel and Darlene and Reinhardt and the players they have here. So that's yep. it's good, you know. And you know, I mean, the final thing is, you know, like I, like I was saying, it, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, is Jeff Skinner a $9 million player? Probably not. I think he probably fits better in around the area of $8 million-ish. But, you know, like as you said, he's an unrestricted free agent. He holds the power here. The Sabres need him more than he needs the Sabres. So it is what it is. He he leveraged his whatever you want to call it now, his power. And he got what he wanted. And good for him, you know. And it's good that, no, he still wants to come back and be here. So, you know, that's... Cheers to his camp. I mean, they they did a good... They did good, some good agenting there, uh, you know. That's, yeah. They advised him well. Exactly. And, you know, like, tape your cap, give, like you said, give him a little credit here. They, they did the job. And, um, you know, if the ask was $9 million all along, I, I give Bottero credit for trying to run this to the very end. And, mm-hmm. you know, they stood their ground. He, and in a way, he, Skinner called his shot, you know, and he scored his 40 goals. He got his points. He got his money. And now it's you move on. You know, it's. Yeah. 10.8% of your cap and you know, the salary cap goes up every year and Jason bottle is supposed to be the cap guy. So mm-hmm. you gotta pay Darlene down the road. We don't know what middle stats going to turn out to be. You're going to have to pay Reinhardt uh, eventually here. So there's even Brandon Montour. We keep forgetting about him. You know, he's, he's due for a payment uh, next summer too. So, right. you know, he's going to have to do some craftiness here uh, with the contract, but you know, I, mean, I, I, if anything, I guess the way I would, I'd kind of sum it up and wrap it up here is, if you want to have some frustration over the cap hit fine, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress about, you know, is he going to yeah. be Kyle Oposo or Matt Molson or <laughs> he's going to score 30 to 40 goals at least for the next three to four years. I would say he's still just turned 27 years old. So he's still kind of a young guy. So I, I think you're at least getting three to four years at 30 to 40 goals. And then what, maybe you get two more years at 25 to 20. And that's still pretty decent right. for, you know, I mean, again, it's not nine, worth $9 million, but it's not like he's going to go out and score five in, in three years, you know, so. Right. As long as Jack Eichel's here and 
his skating stays, which there's no sign of it ever going anywhere. And he keeps going to those areas, you know, those dirty areas around the net. And I think he's going to keep scoring his goals. So, yeah, you know, that was something that I petitioned before the season ended when I wrote an article about it, that I'm not worried about his long-term production and right. fans shouldn't be either. Anything else on Skinner before we move on? Uh, no, I think we covered it. You want to, before we get into the draft stuff, do you want to briefly touch on Jordan Eberle? Sure. Cause I, I think it's, I guess I'm more curious of your thoughts. Cause there's been a lot of, we can touch on a couple of guys here if you want. You know, Don Scoy's been a name out there. I really, uh, Gustav Nyquist is the guy that I wrote about in terms of forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Matthew Shane, Kevin Hayes, if you want. Even though it sounds like Kevin Hayes is going to go to, I think Chicago is the place that sounds like kind of one of the front runners right now. So that'd be kind of interesting going back to the team he left that yeah. drafted him. That'd be kind of a cool story. But I guess we'll start with Eberly. You know, he's kind of, as you mentioned, you know, I, I think he's, I'm, I'm trying to describe it. He's, all right, so let me go back. The thing that's interesting for me is the Ralph Kruger thing, which I never thought about until I started looking into him. He had some of his best years of his career, and in fact, one of the better years of his career when Kruger was the head coach, and then some of his better years when Kruger was an associate coach there. Uh, yeah. He had one of his best seasons defensively with Kruger as the head coach. Uh, Kruger made him his um, alternate captain when he was the head coach with Taylor Hall. Uh, Sean Horkoff was the captain of that team. Sean Horkoff, shout out right there. Wow. Uh, right, right. Been a minute, Sean. <laughs> it has been. But Everly's interesting. You know, he's he's a guy that gives you a lot offensively. Uh, he had a little bit of a down year this year in, with the Islanders. I, I kind of think Trotz's system maybe didn't fit him as well. I'm not sure if I want to buy yet that he's on the regression side. He killed it uh, in the playoffs, though. He did. He just turned 29. Um so he's a, little, he's a little bit older, but I, I still think he has a couple of good years left in him. So it's, it's interesting. For me, I think it's a guy, because they need depth in their right ring, especially if they're going to put Reinhardt on his own. And I think he's a guy you could slot him with Skinner and Eichel and then have kind of a beefed up top line with Eberly there. And then maybe your second line is Olofsson, a center, whoever that may be. Could be Middlesex, could be somebody else. Um, Reinhardt. And then you have Rodriguez and Sherry on your third line, and whatever the center is going to be there. Uh, if you get Jonas Donskoy in here, maybe that kind of, again, solidifies your bottom six. So there's there's a lot of different ways you can go. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I think term matters with Eberly. I think if it's three, four, oh, yeah. maybe five years, I could stomach it. Um, if it gets five or more, you're probably walking away, especially if it's going to be in the neighborhood of $6.25 to $6.5 million cap hit to get that done right uh, but if you meant three to four years and that's not a bad that big deal and that kind of goes that's similar to you know maybe with the gus nyquist thing too if you can get him around three four years um maybe that's an option to consider too but yeah, yeah. i mean if you have any guys you want to mention too feel free i kind of those are two of my favorite these wingers yeah i'll touch briefly just on, on those guys and I'll, I'll i'll throw in a couple of my own i guess um Everly, like you just said, I was literally going to reply with that exact thing. Term is so key here, right? Yeah. Uh, Evolving Wild, they have a really neat uh, contract projection table. Yeah. Uh, and they've got him at seven years, six point oh five million. Hell no. Sorry, no. I, I not for a twenty nine year old Jordan Everly uh, coming off a down season. That I think that cap hit is is crazy in and of itself, but the term is is absolutely bananas. I don't think anyone's going max term on. On Eberle, especially with the season he just had. I don't think anybody's doing that. I don't think so either. Um, but it, it, even if he wants five, like you just said, I, I, I would hesitate to give him five. So I yeah. don't know. But I, I, 
on paper, though, uh, despite the down year, yes, I mean, he he would be a nice add. I mean, I think, like you just said, Trotz's system was was maybe not the best for him. So, yeah, I mean, I think if Kruger can kind of duplicate the uh, setting and if he feels confident, you know, in the player, that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Um, yeah, he's an option. And as you know, Donskoy is, is one of my favorite options as well. Um, Evolving Wild has him projected at three years, 2.8 which would be that's awesome. A, that's a great deal, right? That yeah. would be a phenomenal deal. And if anyone comments with, he didn't score a goal for 34 straight games, I will lose it. Um, I wrote but, why he did go find my article and I will tell you why I, he didn't score a goal for 35. Games. I read it. I read it. That, <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of teeing that up for you, man. Um, but yeah, uh, Nyquist again, another, another guy who we'll see what his dollar amount ends up being. He's a little bit more of a wild card in my opinion. Um, I think he's a very analytically sound player, but as we know, contract negotiations really aren't based on that. So right. uh, he could, he could go really anywhere. Um, if we want to just talk briefly on defense, you know, a guy I've been standing for is Brad Hunt. Um, the Sabres definitely need to add depth to their defenses here. Unless for God's sake, God forbid, they're going to keep, you know, Marco Scandella or uh, Matt, Matt Hunwick, mm. please, please no. I, <laughs> if they do the smart thing and find a way to offload, like wave Hunwick and tr- take literally anything for Scandella. Great. You need to kind of replenish your depth there, though, especially if you, you know, want to, you know, continue to develop your younger guys and not force them into, you know, that role. You still need a seventh D. Brad Hunt is the perfect seventh D. Um, He played defensive heavy minutes with uh, both Vegas and Minnesota. Um, On both teams, he managed to be a positive impact player uh, from an RAPM standpoint. Contract wise, they're expecting him to get, according to Evolving Wild, two years, one point two million. Make it rain. I mean, he's he is the quintessential seventh defenseman, and I don't know that you're on. A, and I wrote an article about it last week. If you're looking at this unrestricted free agency market for uh, defensemen, you stay away from anyone who's a quote unquote top four guy because they're all about to get overpaid, and they're all analytically pretty. Especially Gardner. Gardner. See, Gardner is interesting because I, I think he, I think Jake Gardner is a really is a good hockey player. I don't think he gets enough credit playing in Toronto. I think he's yeah. unfairly criticized by you know fans in Toronto. But the thing that scares me on Gardner is one, his age, and two, he has back issues. Like oh, once, yeah. I, once I heard the back issue thing, I'm like, nope, no, thank you. Like I, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, someone's gonna pay him, and I I would hope it wouldn't be us for for that exact reason. Um, I don't mind Patrick Nemeth, but he's he's gonna get he's gonna get paid. You know what I mean? Not not crazy, but he'll. He'll surpass three million, which I don't know if, if I need to pay a, a third pairing defenseman three and a half million dollars, mm-hmm. um, especially not for four years. If I'm doing that, then just resign Jake McCabe for you know a shade over two, which is what he's probably going to get. But yeah, I mean, there, there's I would caution them from doing anything at the top of their roster in free agency this year, or or really any year. Let's be honest. But you've got value players who are kind of like middle six, right, for the forwards and and kind of tweeners on defense. Who, right. like we just said, you know, Don Donskoy and Nyquist being the the premier uh, names, of uh, uh, you know, that kind of fit that bill. Um, Jordy Ben on defense, another one. You know what I mean? Who, who's third pairing guy can can play up in a pinch? Who you know? value contract but yeah any anything top six i would be very hesitant unless you know maybe it isn't everly and they can get him down to four years and you know something reasonable cap wise yeah yeah no i, I agree i think i'm with that you know it's i think they have to it, it's hard because i 
you can address your wing problem via trade, but unless it's Jason Zucker, which I think should be all over, you know, Phil Castle's not going to wave to come here. Uh, nor should I think they explore that option anyways. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I don't really know. I mean, again, there's always those guys who don't expect to get traded that do end up getting moved, but, you know, I mean, we not Connor Sherry wasn't really on our radar last year and he ended up here. So it's right. always, I'm sure there's some guy I'm not thinking of, but if it's like Zucker, it's kind of that guy, especially a right wing uh, that they're looking for. But I don't know. They should be calling Fenton every single day possible because he seems like he's maybe the new Peter Shirelli. Oh, uh, God. He's <laughs> brutal, hasn't he? Really bad. Even his, like, even like his small moves, like today, like, I mean, it's only a seventh round pick, but still trading a seventh round pick for a seventh round pick is like, yeah, what weird. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you could have yeah. just picked him in the seventh round because right. he's like, you know I mean? back in the draft, right? Back into the draft. It's like, <laughs> so bizarre. I mean, it's not like quote unquote bad, but it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. It's, it's odd. like, I, all right. <laughs> I get it. You don't want somebody else to pick him, maybe. Whatever. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I get it. But uh, overagers get paid. Whatever. Yeah. But one guy I wanted to actually talk to you about, because I haven't heard you say too much about him and you were really high on him early in the season. I wanted to get your thoughts. What about uh, pursuing Michael Furland uh, in free agency? Yeah, I haven't really looked into him yet. See, you're right. I was I was high on Furland in the beginning of the season. He got off to a good start in Carolina. Um, then he had those injuries again. And he's in the key. Yeah. always has the injuries. Uh, he had him in the playoffs. He had him, His second half of the season wasn't that good. Uh, and might have been hampered by injuries. Some of his analytical numbers went down. Uh, they weren't as strong as they were early in the season. So I really haven't – I plan to at some point here dive into Furland, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't yet. You know, it, it's – because he was the kind of guy who I thought was going to maybe get overpaid this summer, at least in the beginning of the season. I, I thought someone's going to give him $6 million, and he wasn't that type of player. Right. Uh, but now with his poor, poor second half hampered by injuries – Maybe his number comes down around that three, four million dollar range, which I don't think could be too bad. That's what evolving while I was projecting, by the way. Four years, yeah. four point one eight. Right. So he's still I think he's only twenty six, twenty seven years old. So he's still relatively young. Yep. Uh it's just, it's just that injuries thing, you know. It's he has a concussion history, he battles injuries a lot, but he's he's a big, tough winger, hard to play against, scores goals, um, goes the dirty areas of the net. So they could you know, I'm not a big size guy, but let's not kid ourselves. They could use some size, you know, when they're wingers. Hashtag uh, team grit. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, I mean, that still has some validity in carrying in the NHL. They have some size on your team. So, yeah, it's – I think the contract in term is right without looking into it in depth, uh, what really happened in the second half of the season and trying to really gather if it was all hampered by injuries or maybe they changed some usage or what exactly happened there with them. You know, I don't know if Niederreier coming in – uh, took away some of his minutes he was getting before, and that could be why he kind of trickled down. But um, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I think if the term is right, the contract's right. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would. I don't think I'd go over. I don't think I'd go over three years at four million. Right. Uh, I think kind of three year term is my max with him. I don't think I'm going to go anywhere near four or five years. So I think he's a viable option in in your bottom six. But to what? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, too, he's a left winger. And I yes, think they're that is correct. I, actually, now, now I'm thinking about, it, I think he actually plays both sides, but I think predominantly he played left wing with Carolina. Um, right. The left side is actually kind of full, especially if you're going to get Nylander in the picture, although he played some right with the Sabres and Olofsson's a left winger. And I guess Rodriguez can play both sides, but then if Thompson's around, he's predominantly better on the left side than the right side. Um, they're going to have Skinner back here. So that's another left winger. So 
their left side, I guess you can say, is kind of packed. So yeah, we'll see. If they can make it work, if he's willing to play some right side and he's done it before, then you know maybe it works there, and you know we'll 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 kind of see. But yeah, your yeah. last uh, your last squeeze I want to talk about because I I would personally make it rain on this contract that EW is projecting for him. Kevin Hayes, uh, they're saying. I think six years is a little, maybe one year too many, but uh, 5.8 million cap. I do it. Yeah, All I would day. do it. I, I mean, I've been on the hay strings at the beginning. It's just um, the reason I haven't talked about him much is because it, it sounds like he, Chicago is maybe the front runner for him already. Hmm. Um, but definitely if he's going to take Buffalo's phone calls and consider the Sabres, definitely. I, I think he fits in pretty well as a second line center this season. And then going forward, you know, he can kind of trickle down to a third line center once. Yeah. Um, middle size ready to go so it's yeah if if you know he would consider the sabers i think it's definitely an avenue they should explore um mm-hmm. you know matt, matt duchene we haven't talked about him much he's he's an interesting guy you know he's he did well in columbus he's done well did well in ottawa i just the thing that holds him about duchene is you know he's 28 years old and you're going to pay him around nine million dollars probably at, at a max term so you're at seven years times nine and in a way, the Sabres just essentially traded that same player, right? I mean, yeah. at O'Reilly at 7.5, exactly. around a similar age with similar locker room type questions, I guess you could say I'll call it. And be a similar price. Or actually, no, sorry. It'd be more. Sorry. No, no, but hang on. F- finish your thought. I was, I was literally, I literally said that based on what my re- reply was going to be. And I just spoiled my reply. So anyway, go ahead. No, I was, I was all wrapping up with like the, the, the locker room, like, questions i guess behind a reputation thing so it's like it's like you're trading you just traded that guy last summer but you're going to go sign a similar player while productive at 28 years old on a max term for more money it kind of seems like contradictory to what you just did no that's that's a perfect summation you want to know what's really weird about him evolving wild has him at six years 6.9 million which is sounds so wrong (laughs) that sounds insane yeah he'll absolutely more than but but for that price maybe i would think about it if it's six years 6.9 sure but yeah but i don't it, think it's, I don't it think it's anywhere under eight and a half right and at, and at that number you're basically just reacquiring o'reilly's contract right. and that type of player that, that was i i totally spoiled like what i was gonna say because i got so excited <laughs> o'reilly um but yeah no i mean I, I don't think he's he's viable he's gonna have a lot of competition on the market for his services and somebody is gonna overpay Sounds like and, Nashville is, you know, a yeah. team wants to go after him. I think yeah. be a good fit for them. I, I think it would be actually, but um, uh, Botterill, I know it's only been two off seasons, but he hasn't been a big overpay on the open market guy to what we've seen. No, nope. uh, he's been big on kind of value additions, which is a good thing. Cause I think okay. this is very, good year for, yep. yeah, I think this is a great year for buy low. I think you've got a, a very uh, top heavy and deep free agency class where the competition for those lower tier guys might be a little more sparse and you can get some really nice premium contracts like, you know, maybe for a guy like Donskoy or, you know, if you want to go further down your lineup, Hunt or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, if, you know, if Nashville wants to clear up some space, you know, a, a guy I would call them about um, is Michael Granlund. You know, if, if yeah. they're not particularly happy with how that turned out last season, he, I think he has one or two years left on his deal. Um, you know, I, I would call about him. I, I think he could be a good third line addition to the team maybe even a top six player uh depending kind of where your roster shakes out but i, I think again that could be a buy low option where maybe you get him cheap because nashville wants to get some salary off their books so they can go ahead and chase duchene so you know mm-hmm. if, if you know that's the kind of thing where i think this has to be smart about is if 
you know, they have some cap space. Uh, now they don't have a ton. Um, I mean, they have a decent amount, but nothing crazy with Skinner back in the fold. You know, they, I think they're around like fifteen, sixteen million dollars, and they have a couple RFA's they got to get done. But yeah, uh, you know, you, you still can use that cap space to go. You know, we talked about Ryan Callahan with Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, Granlin's another guy. If you can get him cheap, you know, on a, on a a cheap trade. Now he won't come cheap if they get full contract, but uh, you'll get him cheap in a trade. So there's right there's some options out there. Um, heck, if you want to offer sheet, I'll, I'll bring it up right now. I'll say it again. I'm going to say it all summer until he resigns in Winnipeg. I would absolutely offer sheet Andrew Cop for a second round value. I will say that to him blue. And I, I just want him to hear Rick Jenneret say, call a cop. He robbed him. I think <laughs> perfect. And it's in our intro. Yeah. God, wonderful. That um, is pretty good. <laughs> on, on Twitter, I saw, a, I, I should rephrase. I lurked a, a debate because I didn't want to get into it. And it was, you know, two guys whose opinions I, I actually value, you know, pretty highly on there. Yeah. We're debating whether or not it would be a wise move in a fantasy world to try and pursue and acquire, subsequently acquire, Eric Carlson for the money and term he wants. He's the best defenseman in the world, but he's 29. He's, he's I, going, he's I, going I, to Tampa Bay all day. No, no, he is. He is. I'm, I, let's, let's play the Sabres just have to match the offer. They have right, to match okay. the best offer. Let's just play that game, and he's there. It's eight years. So, let's, so here's a – I'll say this. I'm telling you right now. Here's going to make me angry on Carlson. Uh, I was listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast last week and Friedman was talking about Tampa Bay and Carlson as an option and I was thinking to myself how are they going to fit in a 10 million dollar defenseman you know they got to sign point and they have some other guys coming up no 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 hold on it gets better than that so Friedman then goes to continue to talk about and he goes well here's the thing if he goes to Tampa Bay he's either he's he's one going to want to ask for a max contract and here's the reason why it's because two what will have to happen is he'll have to take about uh, Victor Hedman money or less. Victor Hedman makes seven point eight million dollars. Oh my I'm god! You right dude. now, Eric Carlson is signing in Tampa Bay for eight years and eight million dollars. I'm going to lose my mind. Oh man, it's going to yeah. happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You know what though? What, and I wonder if if it matters or if the context matters. Right, where every time I I hear a player, you know, is going to take a discount in free agency, someone brings up you know, the NHLPA and how that's kind of like, you know, something that, that they would discourage, obviously. Um, but Tampa does it and they but do everybody. it. Everybody. Yeah. They do it. For nine. Right. No, I, I get it. Right. So I don't, I don't want to hear that argument. Because I mean, it's the no tax thing. I mean, I, I, I get it. It's, it's no not as big of a deal as some people make it out to be, but that is a factor in that. No, for the well, that and, and I think at 29 years old, making as much money as he's already made, Eric Carlson kind of wants a Stanley cup. And I don't know if you've got a better situation to facilitate that than maybe, I don't know. I mean, what is it? What is he going to do? Is he going to go to Tampa Bay and go eight for eight? Yeah. Or, you know, that's, so that's what, $64 million. Or, yeah. or is he going to go to the Rangers and get five for 10? And sit through that rebound. Right. Yeah. No. Because I don't think anybody else is giving a max term. I'm sorry, it'd be seven times eight because they can't give them eight, but seven for eight. So it's 56. Um, Someone mentioned Vegas if they could like dump some salary, which I'll take yeah, Colin they Miller dump, off your hands. I mean, they'd but... have to dump Miller. They'd have to dump. Um, who am I thinking of? The forward, I can't think of his name. Carlson, no, not dump, not dump him, but just trade him. They might, have to, well, they might have to trade him, Carlson, and then the yeah. guy, who, oh, Cody Eakin. That's what I'm thinking of. Ah, okay, they'd have to move Eakin, they'd have to move Miller, I think, and they probably have to get rid of Carlson to do that. 
Yeah, they would. And, and by the way, I would stand there with open arms like, we'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, I just, that's, and that's one of those situations, and I will die on this hill, that the Sabres could include Jake McCabe's rights in a trade as a pot sweetener. Yeah. That would be a perfect opportunity. Yeah. Inexpensive, um, reliable defenseman to a team that would need to you know, fill a void. By losing Colin Miller, I know you're you're signing Eric Carlson, but you're still losing, you know, a defensive presence. Yep. Um, I will die on that hill that there there is a dark horse chance that McCabe becomes part of a trade this this summer. I don't I don't think it's a bad idea to. I mean, if we talked about it a little sense. bit, if it makes it right, you're not actively going out there and shopping. No, no, you're not shopping him. But if somebody says, "Hey, I want Jake McCabe in the right deal," you're not turning it down, right? You know? Right. Yeah, you're not saying like, "Well, you can't have McCabe." Right. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He's he's yeah. defensively reliable, but he's a bad. He's a measurably bad puck mover. Yep. Uh, he's been he's missed something like forty five games over the last two seasons. Right. Um. Why aren't you trading Jake McCabe? You know what I mean? I know he's a fan favorite and he hits people. Um. Cool. But I, I, I think I can get around that if I'm getting William Carlson. I think I think Jake McCabe could be a ten to fifteen, not maybe not fifteen, but a ten goal scorer if he could ever hit the net. I, I've never seen anybody miss the net like Jake McCabe. <laughs> Marco Scandella is the only one who would give him a run for his money. I don't even think that's close. Forty I mean, minute wind up. Hey, misses the net like Alex Sidnick used to miss the net. I mean, it oh, is God. it is Jake McCabe is in. He he gets himself in such good positions, wide open. Breaks yeah. in, you're like, oh my god, and then he fires it over the net, and you're like, it, it's so frustrating. But someone like, get him a shooting coach. Exactly, <laughs> hit the net even, like to make yeah. the, have the goalie make a save on you. It's, yeah, it's beyond frustrating. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think quickly going back to the Carlson and Vegas thing, I just don't think that's, I don't, I just, I just, I, I, and even Freeman talked about it too. Is it makes sense that he's, you know, he wants to come back east and not stay out west. So, right. I don't think Vegas needs to do that. Uh, I, I think their team is loaded. I, I think Mark Stone was their big move. Yeah, I mean that, that's a big, that's a really nice player they got yeah. there. Oh, I, I was just kind of talking in the context of if they are going to pursue Carlson because someone did say right, that, right. I forget who it was this week said that they they might be someone to watch in that regard. Right. But they but with the caveat that they would have to get rid of Carlson or I'm sorry, um, no, Carl, yeah, Carlson, William Carlson, yeah, uh, Carlson plus. So, yeah. um, whatever. I don't know. I, it's exciting. I fully expect Botterill to acquire somebody nobody's talking about. Um, I think he does it every year. So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting. I'm just very curious to see what who that ends up being. It was kind of neat though when Montour came over, and that was something everyone had been talking about for like two years. Yeah. Yeah. But it really kind of it came out of nowhere in a way, right? Because no yeah. one like really connected him to Buffalo, really. Yeah. People had like stopped talking about it. It's yeah. Like all right, well that's not happening. Right. And then all not of a so sudden, fast. Yeah. <laughs> pulls out of nowhere. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. To move past that, to kind of get to the end of the podcast here, um, to talk about what we talked about kind of the beginning. Uh, the combine, the draft is coming up quickly here. Uh, we're, we're basically into June almost already, so it's kind of crazy how fast we're going here. But uh, So the combine is this weekend, um, interviews, physical testing, um, all throughout this week, GMs, agents, players, scouts, all in one centralized location of lovely Buffalo, New York this week. So a few things. Um, I guess I'll share with you. We can kind of talk about it and go through that. I've kind of heard from some people early on. Uh, one thing I tweeted this morning, which I think is interesting. April will kind of start is that the Sabres have a really, really strong interest in Alex Turcott um, forward from the U S development program. I think, I think he's a third best player in this draft personally uh, behind uh, Kako and Jack Hughes, but 
they've expressed interest to him from what I've heard. Um, they took him out to dinner on Thursday night to continue their conversations with him. Uh, there was an article I saw on Twitter too. I forgot where, but like a week ago, or I think it was Turcotte's dad was saying like, I'll tell you this, he's not making it past seven to Buffalo, you know, cause they've already expressed some extreme interest in him. So it's, it's, it's interesting because he's been my favorite kind of you all along, but I, I kind of went away from it, you know, because I'm like, he's never getting the seven. But now, like, if he gets the five, do they start making phone calls? That That's kind of – and here's why I say five is because a uh, friend of the podcast, Dennis Bernstein, uh, I forgot if it was a radio hit or article he wrote, uh, mentioned that the Kings are open to trading back from five a couple spots. So that's why I kind of am focusing on if he gets past Chicago, where we're going to get to that in a little bit, why I think he could get past Chicago – from what I'm hearing, and Colorado's iffy, and then what does LA want to do at five? Say it is five. What, what does it take to get there? So my thought, um, we talked a little bit this briefly earlier, uh, my thought, I think it's seven and 30 or 31 get to there. Mm-hmm. But basically, the question is, so I'll put, it, I'll put it to you this way. Would you trade, and I kind of know your answer, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Uh, would you trade seven and 30 or 31 to LA to move up to five? To grab Turcotte. So yeah, we did talk about it earlier, and I I don't know. So if it gun to my head, I would I would say no. But I am not married to that opinion. Let's say uh, I I think it, part of it is me being impatient. I very much want them to use that second first rounder to acquire. You know, I mean a, a top six presence. What um, if I tell you that Turcotte is a guaranteed one and done? What what do you mean by that? He goes to Wisconsin for a year. He's in the NHL the following. I see. I see. Um, I mean, it would it, like you said, you know, to me earlier, it would give you an amazing center spine, a young, amazing center spine. Man, it, it's it's tough. I mean, you, you get. I guess you. And I know they're they're you know they're, you're. It's not like the most easy comparison, but you've kind of got to judge the drop off, so to speak, like you know of Caulfield and Zergis, like or Zegris rather what they you know what what that drop off is between them and Turcotte. I, I know you feel that it's higher than I do. Right. Um and, and so I, I wouldn't be upset if they traded up to five and got an amazing player in Alex Turcotte. Like that, you know, I mean if it took 31 to get it, you know, I, I'm cool with that. I'm happy to have him like neat. But if you're asking me what I would do if he's sitting there at five and LA says I need seven and thirty one, I wouldn't be as confident in making that move as you are. Okay, here's let me let me give you my reason why why I would do it. I think doing that, like you mentioned, gives does one thing for you. It, it gives you, it gives you a strong center core moving forward. Uh, it gives you Eichel, who's established, uh, Middlestad, who's hopefully working towards establishment, and then it gives you Alex Turcotte. Uh, Turcotte is projected as, you know, an elite two way center. Uh, he's quick. He can score. He's a playmaker. Um, but I, I think his ability to play at both ends of the ice. I think it's a factor that is often overlooked by people. Um, I, I, in my mind from what I read and what I hear about him, when I talk to people about him. He kind of reminds me a bit of Patrice Bergeron. And that might not be fair. I'm not going to tell you he's going to be a annual Selkie candidate. By the way, if that's the case, I'll give him 31 and next year's first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So put, I mean, can you imagine having a Bergeron, a middle yeah. side, Michael, that'd be pretty awesome. But it's, I, I just think there's so much talent there and sure. You know, he has, you know, there's the leadership qualities. I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he wore a letter for the U.S. national team. So there's, 
there's a lot to like there about the player itself. Uh, he had yeah. some injury things this past year, but you know, it is what it is kind of thing. And you know, it, it's I, I'm not that thrilled with what's at the back half around one. Essentially, I kind of see that as a second round pick, anyways. That 30 31 pick hmm. to me, to me, I'm under the assumption that they're not going to use it whether they trade it to move up in this scenario. Or they're going right. to move for some other trade. I don't think there's, they're going to use that pick anyways. That's why I'm not really focusing on it that much in the draft prep that I'm doing. Yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not that big on moving up in these drafts. You know, I, I think right. you can hang out, you get your player, and that's the kind of way it goes. Now, when there's a player like that who I think is the third best player in the draft, and he slides, and you have interest. You know, sometimes you know it's, it's the old adage. You know, with drafts, you just sometimes you just go get your guy. You know, if, if you think if right. you're that into him, if you think he's that good of a hockey player, and all it costs you is a is the last pick in the first round, in a draft that kind of dips off at about twenty, then just go do it. Just go get your guy, solidify your center group, because then really in the future you don't have any issues at center. You have, like I said, you have Eichel, you have Middlesex, you have Turcotte, who are all very young players. You have Aspel in your system too. Davidson, who's, I, I guess he's kind of questionable if he's going to be a winger or a center. Um, in the NHL moving forward, but still, I mean, he's he plays center right now, so it's you know, I mean, that that's a pretty good center group to have in there. So there's so there's there's some depth built to your center. I mean, if you have those three centers, you have Reinhardt, you have Deline, uh on defense. I mean, you you have a young good core there, so that's that's important. And also, I think it's going to get important too is having Turcotte if they do make that move is having a player that has his potential and has his ability to perform at a young age, potentially on an entry level contract, be important when you're paying Dali, when you're paying Reinhardt and when maybe you're paying Middlestat, you know, for those few years where you can kind of get production at a low cap hit. And hopefully that's the time your team is ready to go in a way, you know, ready to be a team that pushes to go deep in the playoffs and not just be a team that hopefully gets in. So, that that's one of the things I'm looking at when I think about making this idea to move up, um, if that's brought available to them. Yeah, so I, I definitely agree with with everything you know you're saying there. I mean, there, there's there's no downside you know to adding Alex Turcotte. I mean, he's he's about you know like you said, aside from Hughes and Kako, like the the most sure thing in this draft, right? Probably maybe besides Bowen Byram, who defensemen are a little bit more wild cards, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I will say this, if if they're planning on keeping that second first rounder to pick a player and they, they forgo that trade, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I, I'm only I'm only against that trade if they ha- you know, they could have an alternative of a guy we mentioned a moment ago, like say you know, Minnesota calls you and says thirty one for Zucker. That would be the only time I'd hesitate. Cause then it's like, would you trade Turcotte? I know you would, but you know, I'm asking myself, would I trade, you know, Trevor Zergis and Jason Zucker for Alex Turcotte and I am I would hesitate for sure I would I'm, I don't know that I have a sh- solid answer on that um but if, if you're saying would you trade uh Zer- Zergis or Caulfield whoever for and like Hoglander or who I know you like but that was just mm-hmm. an example of a late yep. first round guy yeah I make it rain like I do that all day long yeah so it, it, I guess my objection or or not even that apprehension is very contextual if that makes sense yeah and, and i and I get it you know I think it's in theory you know you're spending two picks on one guy right to move up two spots right uh, so you really i mean the part of it is you can't miss which I don't think you would with Turk out, but you can't you know it's right. giving up two assets to pick one guy so it's right 
it, it depends on what that 31st pick like is as an asset can get you, you know what I mean? In terms right, of established right. presence. It all, my, my apprehension depends on the market, right? It depends on what, how, how valuable are other teams, you know, seeing that last pick of the first round. If it's not very, then yeah, get rid of it. Cause like you said, this draft drops off at 20 or 19 even, you know what I mean? But you know, if you've got a guy willing to give you an established top six forward, which you, you desperately need and you know, you're, you're kind of hitting that time when, you know, your team needs to stop rebuilding. Mm, that's that, that would be tough for me, tough for me to, to decide. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think now is kind of probably a good time to, so I feel like people listening to this are probably like, okay, yeah, guys, but I mean, come on, he's not making it past three or four. Well, he might. Let, me, let me tell you why this is a possibility. Um, I was also told yesterday that the Chicago Blackhawks have very high interest in Lethbridge center uh, Dylan Cousins at number three. Uh, so much so that they had a, one of their longest interviews with him and Stan Bowman and uh, the Blackhawks brass took him out to dinner on Thursday night to continue their conversation. So it's interesting because Cousins is a guy who I think maybe was around that five, maybe the five to seven range where the series are in. Right. But Chicago, I mean, the draft starts at three. I mean, we know who's going to go one and two. It's going to be Hughes and Kako, probably in that order. Right. But, you know, a lot of people maybe penciled in Turcotte to go three is the next best player. But if Cousins is maybe their guy um, or even, you know, Byram, the defenseman, but right now it seems like maybe it's Cousins. Um, then it gets to Colorado. What does Colorado do? Could Colorado yeah. take Turcotte? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Could they maybe go that defensive to solidify their defense? Maybe. So it's. But it depends if Byram's there. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it, it's all it's all moving yeah. parts. But um, yeah, no, like you, like you said, I mean, it, it, this is all contingent on him getting to five because you're probably not trading up past that. No. I don't think any of the teams above LA would be interested. No. But that, uh, that Cousins thing was one of the things that I, th- I think of. You know, I told you I was I had a conversation with somebody where I got a lot of info fed to me on the on the early stuff in the combine earlier this throughout this week. But and then the cousins thing is one of the most interesting things because I, I never really considered yeah. him as a top three pick. But you know, if Chicago likes him as much as they're playing it off, they do here at least uh, this week. It's it's interesting. It, it's it kind of no. I mean, maybe it's not to the. I mean, maybe it's somewhere. I mean, it's like Montreal with Jesperi Kakaniemi last year. You know, he wasn't a guy around this time and people thought was a possibility of three. And sure enough, that's where he goes. I mean, that worked out for Montreal, right? So so far, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's, you know, a similar thing here with Cousins. But it's, it's interesting, you know, that, that I'm excited for this draft. I like these drafts that, you know, are, are exciting. They're different. It, it kind of reminds me of the middle stat and the Nylander drafts where kind of yeah. after the first one or two guys, it, it kind of gets crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. Right, um, right. That's the kind of one of the advantages of not picking first overall is you can kind of care about the entire draft and not just the first guy. You're, you're kind yeah, of- no, that's that's perfectly true, right? And, and I think maybe even more than the Nylander and middle set drafts, you have so much parity right now. You know what I mean? Just looking at where guys are, are mocked, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen Cousins as high as uh, like four or three, you know what I mean? As I've seen as low as 12. I mean, that's crazy. That That's a crazy swing, right? Yeah where you could you could potentially at seven be selecting from you know uh Zegris. you could be selecting from you know having him up there with Caulfield you could have Boldy there you could have Cousins there you know what I'm saying like yep. you it, it, 
like you said, your propensity to trade up or another team's propensity to be willing to trade down is going to be very contingent on how that draft board falls. Um, so yeah, Sabres fans should have a, if they didn't already, have a very high interest in what happens with picks three and four because that's really going to dictate the entire first round. For sure. So the last thing I think I want to bring up here and kind of get your thoughts on Lou, I guess about the combine in a way, uh, what is your feel? It's interesting because the depth isn't really there at the position in organizationally. Okay. What would be your feel on the Sabres exploring a goaltender? Uh, they actually talked with two, with two or three goaltenders uh, during the uh, interview process. One um, was Denmark goaltender Mad Sogard was one of the guys, players they actually talked with, which is interesting because he projects to go to the second round. So maybe they're kind of doing their due diligence, perhaps as that 30 or 31 pick, if they still have it. But um, yeah, I mean, talking with two or three goaltenders, looks like maybe they're eyeing the goaltender market at some point in this draft. And I think they need it. I think with the Lucan and surgery, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, Allmark had double hip surgery and was fine. Um, but I think with the Lucan injury, maybe that increases the need. I mean, Johansson's also coming off a of surgery too, so there's really not there's really not a lot of depth in the goaltending system. So the only thing I'll say is don't pick one earlier in round one, which I don't think they're going to pick one at seven, and that'd be Spencer Knight anyways when they're doing that. But uh, I I've, I don't even know if I'd go as early as the third round unless Stilgard is there and that's their guy. But um, right. I'm just kind of curious of your your thoughts and. A lot of people are like, well, just get a goaltender sixth or seventh round because you know most of them work out, and that's kind of right. Um, so I guess I'm more kind of curious of your thoughts about that. I don't think you're going to find a more badass name than Mad Sogard, but <laughs> right, you're right. <laughs> you go around with Uku Pekalukinen, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I certainly hope they're that you know because you like you say he's a second round projected pick. I certainly hope they're not entertaining using that last pick of the third round or first round on him. Beg your pardon, because uh, that would be. I think inadvisable. Um, but I wouldn't be upset if they picked a goalie in the, with that third round pick, right? I wouldn't be upset with, if they did it with the Sharks picking round four. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've always been on wait till the end, you know, pick a goalie, especially if you have a good one in the system, which they do in Uko Pekka Lukanen. Right. Um, I don't know that the need is there to, to go up and like, you know, ha- you know, quote unquote, get your guy, you know, from a goalie standpoint, I think you can take a flyer, this year uh, and, and really just address your organizational depth and, you know, Lucan and still your, your one, a, you know what I mean? Goalie prospects. So um, I, I won't be upset. I mean, I, I, I really find it hard to be upset with anything that happens after the first <laughs> round. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Unless you've got a guy who, you know, plummeted and you're like, Oh my God, take him please. Uh, right. Yep. But yeah, I mean, if, if that's what they want to do, if they like the guy, go get him. I mean, he's, Freaking huge! He's, he's Six, seven. I don't know if he was that big. Monster, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, what a fitting name. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. I I'm interested that they that they interviewed him. You know, what I mean that they they're apparently interested. Uh, I I'm kind of curious to see what the plan is there. I mean, can they package something? I don't know. You've got I don't even know what you do. I mean, you've got St. Louis's second round pick at two years from now, like do you package that with like another something, you know what I mean? To get up there. I, I don't wonder if they have that sitting aside for something with Seattle, like they have oh, something with a contract sorry. to go to Seattle. Okay. Trade two of your three sixth round picks that you somehow acquired. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think 
that conversation is probably like, okay, if this guy, you know, drops to a certain spot and we can trade that third round pick plus something to get up to the end of round two, maybe we do it. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that's probably why they're doing their diligence there. Cause think about it. You like, I think we talked about before the show, he's the 49th rated prospect or something by central scouting. Yeah, right, yep, yep. Okay. So 49, that puts you pretty much in the middle of the second round, you know what I mean? Middle end of the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he falls to, you know, the 25th pick of the second round, which would only be a six spot difference. Maybe you start thinking about, okay, we could deal our third and, you know, a fourth or, or whatever, something next year. You know what I mean? Right. To, to, to get up there. I think you definitely entertain that idea then. And, you know, maybe it's a position that they feel they'll be in. So um, I like they're doing their homework. They do need to add another goalie to the system. I don't think that's even debatable. One of these picks this year will be a goalie. Um, yeah. I'll, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Bold statement. Uh, but yeah, um, if he's their guy, cool, get him. Uh, but I think there's enough parity with goaltenders that I won't be upset if they wait till the sixth round. Yeah, no, I think I'm agree with you. I mean, it's in, if I mean if Sogard drops the third round, then you know go for it. Maybe Great. You, maybe you use one of your picks in the sixth round to move up in the third round to go get him or something. Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to cry over like anything they do with a sixth round pick ever. So right, like, right, exactly. Go for it. Exactly. Yeah, so I think that's. That's kind of it for this week. Let's say anything else you wanted to touch on, but uh, I'm good. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on quickly? Uh, no, I think we we pretty well covered it. Um, maybe give a shout to where the Centennial episodes have been. Maybe? Yes, that's where I was just going. So you uh-huh. kind of set that up on a tee for me. So awesome. Uh, next Saturday, Anthony, Bill, and I uh, will be recording podcast number 100. And we will be doing it live on location at Iron Buffalo. Uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, that is 656 Millersport Highway. It's a comic store called Iron Buffalo. Uh, we'll be doing a live recording of our podcast there. Um, probably about an hour, so we'll probably go from about 2.30 or 1.30 to 2.30, and then we'll kind of have opening for some greetings at the beginning and some greetings and hockey talk at the end if you want to stop by or just come stare at us as we record a podcast or yell things during the podcast, which will make me be very angry and not like you, but you can still <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it's getting heckled like stand-up comics. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that would not be cool. But again, you're, you're a human being and whoever you want free country. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's will be for number 100. Uh, we also, we have an announcement that'll be coming for episode 100 as well. A little bit of a small change um, for beyond the blade, but nothing too crazy, but it's, also, probably not unexpected for those of you who listen to the podcast. And once we announce what it'll be, it'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But a change nonetheless that's going to be coming. So stay tuned for that. Episode number 100 is super exciting. Uh, we started this journey, God, I think we're on year three now, um, year three or four, anyways. And to hit number 100 is something I think Bill and I never really thought we'd ever get to. But here we are still talking about a hockey team that continues to not be good at hockey. <laughs> And then for the, the growth we've had with listeners and followers, um, it's impressive that you guys listen to us talk about a bad hockey team. So we appreciate that. And then, you know, also Eddie Anthony too has kind of, I don't know, I guess a third wheel to make things even more interesting. Um, so we appreciate having Anthony on for the ride for number 102, um, which he will then assume credit for, even though he was only on for like five of them. Well, maybe more than that. Maybe like 10 I'll give you. Yeah, I, 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 served, I served in a guest capacity during one of Bill's like right. 14 vacations he took. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Correct. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing here coming up for us the next week. 
Um, and then as always, you know, make sure you're following uh, us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Um, rate, share, subscribe, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can hear a podcast. We are going to be located at that location. Um, well, located on that site, nonetheless. But yeah, so it's end of May. Things are going to have to ramp up here um, with the combine, with the draft coming along, the Stanley Cup finals ending um, mercifully because I honestly don't really even care who wins that series. I just want it to be over. So <laughs> trading players and that fun stuff. So we could talk about Ryan O'Reilly more. <laughs> yeah, I'm so done over talking about Ryan O'Reilly, to be honest. But um, you are. Yeah. But it's so fun. Do you want to talk about Ryan O'Reilly for like 20 minutes? No, I'm kidding. Never. <laughs> So I think that's it for Andy and I this week. Um, Skinner stuff's cool. Combine stuff's going to be exciting and fun to talk about. Interesting how things develop here over the next month as we lead up to the draft in Vancouver at the end of June. So for Chad and Anthony and Bill, who's enjoying his vacation, not um, vacation, his anniversary, <laughs> not vacation. Bill is not on vacation. He'll get mad if I say that. Uh, he Anniversary dinner, enjoying his anniversary for the three of us. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you come out. Um, just say hi next week when we're recording live. Plus, you can meet the Avengers. You can meet the Avengers. You can congratulate us on episode 100. Um, It's just me in a discount like Iron Man suit that I bought at Party City. (laughs) Actually, Anthony, Bill, and I are going to come. I'm going to be number one. Uh, Bill and Anthony are going to come dressed as zeros, and we're going to sit in that order. Um, No, (laughs) not what we're going to do. But we'll do some fun stuff. We'll have a good time. Um, Maybe we'll have a couple guests maybe stop in with us, too. If you want to really pop things up, we'll see how it goes over the next week here. But like I said, a couple of times, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys for getting us to our 100th episode coming up here. And we'll let the celebration go crazy next week. Enjoy your week. Get ready for some fun stuff here. So I think it's starting to get exciting now. So we'll talk to you next week for number 100. And that's it for this week. So we'll see you later. 